welcome to India Art Review podcast. I'm your host Archana Jagannath. Today we have with us Ashwati Tirunal Ramavarma. popularly known as prince ramavarma he is a carnatic vocalist and an exponent of the veena prince varma who is a music teacher and a musicologist is a member of the erstwhile travancore royal family welcome to india art review podcast prince varma it's my pleasure varma ji do you remember when you started singing could you share some stories about your grooming days well i used to just sing at home Uh, listening to mostly old uh, hindi film songs uh, on records at that time even cassettes were not there so my father and my sister used to have a big collection of uh, hindi film song music in records my father had 1950s gurudatt raj kapoor kind of material and my sister had the latest hits which were at, now they are old songs i mean 1972 75 78 like that so i, I had absolutely no idea about the language but the tunes attracted me and i would just sing along uh, that was it at home then uh, in school when i joined uh, in trivandrum there's a school called christ nagar so i joined there when i was in 8th standard my voice was still a child voice and at that time we had a teacher uh, his name was msg kutti sir so msg kutti sir at that time because i was from the travancore family and amma maharani was still alive they wrongly imagined that since i was from that family i would be musically trained but i was not so he just asked me to join the school uh, christnagar school music group and we would sing the national anthem and the prayer and all that so that is how i officially started singing at that time also i didn't know what was arigama or anything then uh, our music group won a prize at the youth festival and then uh, amma maharani was very happy she was always very fond of music but her personality was very domineering because of which most of the others never picked up music because it was a kind of scary thing but by the time i was 13 she had reached the last part of her life and she was in her mid 80s mid to late 80s and she was very benign very loving and very very sweet to me always so when she heard that i had won a prize uh, for music she was really happy then she Uh, asked me you must learn classical music so i had nothing against classical music but i was not really so fond of it except md ramnath and a few people like that so she uh, without my knowledge which i came to know much later she interviewed all the music gurus in trivandrum and selected uh, my who the gentleman who became my guru ultimately professor vechur harihara subramanya yer sir who was uh, I mean, there is probably the best thing anybody has ever done for me uh, that uh, this gentleman was selected as my guru because he was so amazing uh, the more now he he passed away in 1994 but the longer i live the more gurus i meet the more disciples i have the more experience i get uh, the value of vechur uh, we call him vechur sir only it just keeps increasing because i realize more and more and more what a great guru what a great musician and what a great human being he was so that is how i started to sing when i was i was already almost uh, 13 years old 
by the time most of my colleagues of the same age they had started giving concerts that is when i started learning sarigama <laughs> so i was very late wow that's very inspiring it's never too late to start can you tell us about your days with vechur sir and later you were also trained under legendary musician m balamurli krishna yeah so vechur sir was a very non communicative he would just come and namaskaram he would say that and he'll sing he will sing correctly and i would sing wrongly and he would sing correctly again i would sing wrongly again and he would never tell me uh, see this is how i sang this is how you sang and this is the mistake and this is how you have to correct it that never happened he would just sing it correctly 10 times 15 times 25 times it didn't matter till uh, somehow it got corrected so the patience was unbelievable infinite but uh, it is later when i learned veena that i uh, started my own way of teaching which is very very veena based where you get to Uh, analyze each inflection each note each gamakam that came much later but he would uh, just sing and after the class he would leave that's it there's no communication at all then once he had a uh, operation uh, he had a cataract eye surgery then i went to meet him in the hospital and after that he became little more soft <laughs> towards me and we would kind of talk a little bit but then it classes were saturday and sunday that's it then it became uh saturday and sunday and wednesday and then when i reached the 10th standard sslc is at that time for most small children it's like the ultimate thing in life the 10th standard public public exam is coming sslc so many music students dance students they stop classes altogether for 10th standard so for me not only did i not stop classes but i wanted to uh keep going even during sslc so the sslc exams would always be wednesday thursday friday and monday tuesday wednesday so i had class before that and the day uh, sslc exams finished the, the new james bond film was out it was called never say never again starring sean connery and all my friends everybody was planning to go for the movie but after the exam i came home and i had music lesson and that is then he nearly choked up with emotion and he says i've been teaching for so many years but this is the first time i had a student who never cut class even during sslc and at the end when everybody was going for a movie also i uh, opted to have music lesson so after that instead of saturday sunday which became saturday sunday wednesday it became saturday sunday tuesday thursday we had classes then uh, when i joined college and i turned 18 years old i had my own car i would drive everywhere i would just go to his house just like that and have a coffee and we will have a music class so finally it became like five six times a week i would have music lessons official and unofficial many times i would cut class instead of going to college i would drive straight to his house and our relationship just got better and better and better and better by the final years like now there are Uh, siblings who sing uh, these brothers or these sisters or whatever so we would sound more like uh, uh, something like the two brothers singing than uh, two generations it was very we met i i was very fond of md ramanathan and uh, he loved md ramanathan himself but he would get irritated when i was imitating md ramanathan too much <laughs> so i would say if i sang the national anthem or if i sang happy birthday also i'll sound sound like md ramanathan it is because of my love for md ramanathan that i started loving carnatic music itself 
so he loved him but he would say see i am the guy who is putting in all the effort to make you sing and when you open your mouth and you sound like md ramnathan then uh, people will feel you are his disciple only <laughs> so then we had little, little little disagreements in the middle but by the end we were like exactly in the same place uh, same approach same views on alapana the duration and whatever so this is very 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 nice uh, it is not just the musical essence but just spending time with him he was not a, a kind of a high level person who would come out with high level uh, advice or he was just a normal man but very simple very straightforward very decent very authentic uh, it's very difficult to find a, a person like that totally devoid of any you know, pretense or nonsense so i was with him till literally the day before he died so uh, some people because my second guru balamurlikrishna sir was such a famous person and a composer many people wrongly uh, feel that i did my basic lessons with vachur sir and advanced lessons with balamurli sir that is completely wrong at started giving concerts i had even gone for a tour outside india two or three times when vachur sir was still around it's because he died that i went to another guru not because okay vachur sir basic stage is over or not at all like if he was alive even now even now i would have been studying with him okay? so after he passed away i went to uh, madras i felt like uh, moving away from trivandrum and just see the rest of the world than be in that small place with a small circle of people around so i went to several gurus actually balamurli sir because my family uh, was very shemangudi uh, ms subalakshmi centric and uh, balamurli krishna was uh, not welcome in that circle so i had also not heard much of his music at that time but i was attracted to some tillana's uh, few compositions uh, by him so when i was waiting for some guru equation to work out i just went to his house uh, and uh, i thought oh, it'll be nice to learn a composition directly from the composer so i sang something and he liked it and then he said you can come and learn what you like and so he had a book called surya kanti which had more than 120 of his compositions so when i went through the book i discovered that i had not heard most of these songs so i would ask him sir what is this song what is this song and he would teach me that like that it just went on i just walked in to learn a few tilanas and leave but he and i we got along so nicely and i discovered so much of his music which was not out in public because he was uh, mostly obliging the audience Uh, by the last year so he felt that the audience was happy if you sang endro mahanubhavalu devadi deva nagumomu pibire ramrasam few songs like that they wanted to hear again and again and again so he would sing them again and again with the result that so many other songs not only his own composition tyagaraja kriti dikshit kriti so much of what he knew was never used uh, after 1960 70s so i started learning his compositions which was a new experience for me because we only hear about tyagaraja swalthirnal dikshitir all of whom lived uh, two centuries ago but to be with the composer himself and uh, get direct access to the mind the thinking the vision the aesthetics the kavi hrudayam no the heart of a composer that completely changed the way i approach even tyagaraja kritis dikshitir kritis i would not that i have some hotline towards tyagaraja or anything but when i take a tyagaraja kriti i try and visualize how would he have sung this 
and there are, if we the more we think in that way the more it becomes clear that some tasteless sangatis which might have been added later he would never have done that like that so we uh, sing more and more to do justice to a composition the way the composer had visualized that rather than just use these compositions to you know belt it out on stage and get applause and money and fame and whatever so and balamurli sir apart from his own compositions he has set to tune literally hundreds of compositions by other vagyakaras whose music was lost and only lyrics were available like badrachala ramadasa sadashiva brahmendra jayadeva kaivara amaranarayana talapaka annamacharya purandra dasa it goes on and on and on so many composers were brahmendra even maharaja swadhirdal so many compositions he set to tune and when we hear the same lyrics set to a different tune by somebody else then we realize the greatness of his mind because then balamurli krishna was a very confident person and he was very fond of balamurli krishna himself but when he sat down to compose the lyrics of another composer he would shed that i am balamurli krishna so that feeling completely and surrender to the kavihrudayam of that composer and he ne- he said i never tuned these composers the tunes would just come he he believed that it was a spirit the soul of the or the blessings the grace of those composers which gave him which supplied him with these tunes many of which are very 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 beautiful and many people who are not even big fans of balamurli krishna said they sing these compositions by madrasal ramadasa namacharya and others not knowing that it is actually balamurli krishna who tuned them so like that next 18 years and that is the time when i was in my mid 20s and normally people take a job or get married or whatever so i didn't get married i didn't take a job i, I had no no plan b it was just be with balamurli sir and get as much as possible of his legacy and he was alive and he saw uh, after internet came youtube came cable tv came my lessons used to come on tv and many videos he had seen on youtube also so i had the greatest blessing from him having approved of my students singing his compositions the way he had envisaged because if i i sing them well then my guru gets credit that i'm singing well but if i teach the next generation and they sing well then i have some reason to feel proud or thankful or whatever so it was so amazing that i had the chance to present his compositions before him not only sung by me but sung by the next generation and next next generation also that's fascinating you prioritized music over board exams and mr bond not many would do that at that age and it seems like you both had a relationship that went beyond that of a guru and disciple and your experience with sri balamurli krishna sounds truly incredible to have access to such rare compositions but also that of other greats and as you said to pass on that to the next generation you did fleetingly mention how being a veena player has influenced your music who was your guru and could you share more details on how the instrument has played a part in your vocal journey too yeah, my father was uh, studying veena from 
This gentleman called Trivandrum R. Venkatraman was an All India Radio Trivandrum artist, a very, very refined, wonderful musician. So he used to come to my house to teach my father and after the class he would chew tobacco when I would stand with him and chat every time. We would talk mostly almost 100% about music and he would tell amusing stories and whatever. So I used to treat him more like a buddy than like a guru or a big artist. But later I started, uh, my heart was always in violin actually, but at that time in Trivandrum they were not, now there are some amazing violinists in Trivandrum. But at that time, I had something in mind like M.S. Gopalakrishnan or V.V. Subramanian. So that caliber musicians were, of course, M.S. Gopalakrishnan is only one M.S. Gopalakrishnan even now. But uh, that level I had in mind, we didn't have violinists in Trivandrum who played like that. So he was anyway in and out of my house and he was a good Vienna player. That's how I started Vienna playing. But I had already started singing for many years. So when I learned Vienna, I discovered how uh, different our approach becomes if we know an instrument. It is something like if you just sing, I mean, there are exceptions like Kishore Kumar or S.P. Balasubramanian. There are some people who are gifted by birth and they have this absolute grip over the notes. But for a normal person, um, if you just sing, it is little more difficult to identify the notes. It is like saying somebody says apple and I also say apple. But you ask them what is the spelling, they may not be able to say it is A-P-P-L-E. So the, the notes are the spelling of the phrases what we sing. A lot of Carnatic music vocalists have um, modeled their vocalization on Nadaswaram, which is very loud and very impressive in one way, but not very refined or subtle. But um, the tradition at that time, there was no sophisticated sound system. One had to really shout very loudly to be heard in an auditorium or in an open space with hundreds of people listening. So that kind of uh, very open vocalization became characteristic of Carnatic music. And uh, people like Veena Dhanamal, who had another way of approach, it remained a niche thing, not mainstream at all. So I, after having learnt Veena, my singing, I can sing loudly if I want to, but I started concentrating more on what is subtle, than what is gross. So the gross I keep for uh, humor and other things. <laughs> but in music, I like something refined and subtle. Uh, so, uh, and now I'm a music teacher and in teaching also the knowledge of Veena uh, to split a long phrase into very small pieces and analytically explain, see, this is how it should be done. And if a student makes a mistake, what my original guru did not do with me, <laughs> I can do now by telling the student, see, this is what I sang, this is what you sang, this is the difference, and this is how you should make the change. That becomes very, very easy for anyone who learns Veena or violin the correct way. I mean, you can learn Veena wrongly also and still reach nowhere, even knowing Veena. Notes are the spelling of music. That's a beautiful way of putting it. And it's fascinating to understand how you instruct your students analytically and emphasize on the subtle. You're also known for your lecture demonstrations. How do you see yourself as an instructor? Has anyone inspired you on this front? Uh, because I had the good fortune to learn from four gurus, Balamurli Krishnasar, Vachur, Haridu Subramanesar, and my Veena guru, uh, Trivandrum Vekatraman, I learned from him for four or five years. And one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was 
the 10 years and more which I spent with Veena Venkatraman sir's guru, who is Professor K.S. Narayana Swami. So K.S. Narayana Swami sir was, it was, I, I, words fail me really when I try to explain what he was like. Now we have internet, we have Google, so anything we want to search, we can find something in Google. But long before all that, he was this Google or a university kind of uh, brain he had. Anything, anything related to music, one could ask him and get an authentic and clear answer. Now we have so many people, including uh, these professional, uh, spiritual, so-called spiritual gurus. You ask them a question, they will spin a web of words and keep everyone entertained, but never answer the point which they were asked. So he was the exact opposite of that. You ask him a specific question in Asaveri Ragam, can the Gandharam be used like this? He would say yes, or he would say no. And if he said yes, you ask him why? On what basis do you say that? On the spot, he would sing 10 compositions by Tyagaraja and others and say, see, he'll say, periva, periva always periva, periva. great people, great people have done this. And he would uh, illustrate how Tyagaraja has used that Gandharam that way and, he, and use it as a reference. See, Tyagaraja has used Gandharam like this in Asaveri, which is what makes me say that, yes, you can you use this particular thing. So he was so authentic. And Hindustani music, my goodness, he, the amount of knowledge he had in Hindustani music was mind-boggling. But he was this typical example of uh, having so much and revealing just the tip of the iceberg during his own presentations. Now a time has come when the opposite happens, when a person knows very little, but they try and magnify that and make it look like it's much bigger than what, I, what they actually know. He was the master of the understatement. Everything would be so understated, so measured, so moderate. He, but I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with him at home. He would have his lunch by 10, 30, 11 in the morning and I would be there by 10. He would sit on his cot, I would sit on the floor and would just sit and talk and talk and talk and talk. Only music, nothing. He was a great admirer of Kundanlal Saigal and he had spent time with Saigal also in Bombay. So there are so many legendary musicians. We hear MD Ramanathan's guru, Tiger Varadacharya, or Mushiri Subramanayar's guru, Sabheshayar. There are people like that whom he spent time with in Annamalai University. So just to hear him talk about these people, Pandit Omkar Thakur and Hindustani music, Ustad Amir Khan. So these are all the people he has actually spent so much time with and their the quirks and their personality, are <clears throat> how this person handled that raga and so on. So we would sit and talk and talk and after some time his daughter-in-law would come and say, hey, why are you sitting in the dark and talking? Then neither he nor I would have realized that we started at 10.30 a.m. and uh, dusk had fallen and it had become dark. So the whole day would have just gone like that. So like that, hours and hours, uh, and he, he was in Trivandrum. He used to work in uh, Bombay, Shanmukhananda School. And after he left Bombay, the music field had more or less completely forgotten him. And he was living in Trivandrum in a small house, mostly forgotten. So which was, for me, a great advantage because he was completely available and he would appreciate the company. So I, I also made maximum use of it in the best way possible. So I, have, I can't say I learned hundreds and hundreds of songs from him, 
but music the general theory about music and ragas and raga lakshanam and gamakams and the finer aspects so much of that so now if i give a lecture demonstration though i learned from four gurus uh, even if it's a lecture demonstration i give abroad and it's not uh, for a carnatic audience i come back home and i look back and on what i said and what i spoke i find that maximum points i speak i got from ks narayana swami sir more than probably all other three gurus put together so uh, yeah and of course i i do a lot of my own research also and i find uh, now this what currently this conversation which is going on i find i'm speaking very seriously <laughs> but normally with a live audience i always make it sound even though the topic is very serious and the points i make are serious also the way i present it i make it look little light hearted and i like to see smiling faces so they shouldn't feel that oh here some heavy guy sitting and preaching or whatever so yeah <laughs> like that so i teach a lot of children also which also help me uh, a lot to just keep it keep things informal and friendly wow Uh, to have been a student to such human encyclopedias you have done a lot of research on music and lyrics and released a lot of explanatory videos on it how did that interest come along uh, that uh, actually happened uh, in a way which had nothing to do with carnatic music as i told you i used to listen to old hindi film songs from the time i was born i had absolutely no idea even of one word of hindi but i love the music whether it's kishore kumar or rafi mukesh all those people but when i was in my uh, early 20 late teens i just joined a french course at the alliance francaise in trivandrum just as a time pass kind of thing and i discovered the music of several great french singers and one of them one of the greatest was actually not french he was a belgian called jacques brel so jacques brel when i first heard his voice it was like very solid and not exactly something you can call a melodious voice but very hard and masculine kind of voice and i would use a dictionary at that time there was no internet at all so i would use a dictionary and uh, try and learn uh, understand what he was singing about and the lyrics were so powerful it was there was nothing moderate my veena guru ks narasimha was the epitome of something that is moderate and jacques brel was the other and he was everything was extreme if he uh, made a song as is passionate means it will be so passionate that we would start perspiring and same with uh, depressing song or uh, frustrated song or tender song if it's tender means it will be so tender that we would get tears in our eyes like that so i was so moved that for the first time in my life i was moved by lyrics uh, and not just the music of course music was very good also so then i thought i you uh, i'm appreciating and getting moved to tears and uh, being uh, feeling exhilarated by the words written by this belgian gentleman then i'm singing tyagaraja dikshitir swatirnal purandadasa namacharya with no idea about what it means so what does it mean and i had a relative uh, amma maharani setu parvati bai's brother who gifted me a malayalam book called tyagaraja sudha which had i think uh, 100 around 100 compositions of tyagaraja in malayalam with the gist of the composition and uh, word by word meaning also explained so then i realized that mostly what 
we were listening was sung wrongly by I, mean, I don't want to name names but mostly anybody you can think of so then i always liked md ramanathan a lot yeah, without knowing any anything about carnatic music even shankarabharan kalyani i didn't know anything but i was very attracted to md ramanathan's way of singing but after going through these tyagaraja krutis and tyagaraja sudha book i discovered that he was though his pronunciation he used to slur it which i discovered later why because he was imitating his guru tiger vrdacharya so it would sound as though he had tobacco or something in his mouth and that kind of kusama javara this kind of pronunciation we made people feel that he was not uh, strong on lyrics but actually his the cutting of the words at the right places not cutting at the wrong places it was absolutely unbelievable how much fidelity he had when he rendered any composition in any language in sanskrit telugu tamil are mostly what he sang in so then and then my big hero in uh, hindi films was kishor kumar who again his music was alive with the spirit of the lyrics so i used to like them but not realizing how much of a element lyrics were uh, the importance given to lyrics were in both md ramanath and kishore Kishor kumar's music so i started slowly learning uh, making the effort and learning uh, the word by word meaning of whatever i sang it i can't say it is a finished process it's still very much ongoing even now even in vatapi ganapatiyam bhajeham or devadeva kalayam even now i might be singing a mistake i don't know but i'm always it's like a minefield i just keep an eye out okay maybe there is one word which which is such a familiar song that we take it for granted and we sing through without thinking so while teaching also when a student asks me what does this mean that also helps me to dig deeper and find out more and definitely my music has changed for the better uh, because of the connection with the lyrics because that is why we feel something no the, i feel though the composers have died physically they are still alive in spirit through the lyrics and the music they left so if we have faithful to the lyrics and we connect to them then it's like we connect to the spirit of the composer and they live on through us so it is a it's kind of not very recent but it started maybe by 1990s this analysis of and then balamurlikrishna again though he was a telugu speaker which is a big advantage because so much of carnatic music is telugu uh, composition by saint tyagaraja dominate the field even now so tyagaraja bhadrachal ramadas annamacharya so all these telugu composers uh, once we get it's like malayalam and tamil are closely related once we get insight into telugu then um, understanding kannada also becomes easier then kannada that is another is like if a malayali who really knows the value of kunchanambiyar the kunchanambiyar's genius lyrical genius his rhythm his rhyme the spontaneity the content the humor the, the dynamism the vibrancy everything is like just over the top it's worth learning malayalam only to learn kunchanambiyar uh, composite just like that kunchanambiyar was known as a comedian but purandradasa uh, sangeeta pitamaha he was not a comedian but the, if we go through purandradasa compositions we find that nobody has anything uh, nobody has said anything later which this man hasn't said already 
it's not for nothing that he is called sangeeta pitamaha because anything you can imagine you attend a, uh, bhagavata saptaham by a great uh, bhagavata vidwan uh, and you hear their explanations if you know purandradasa purandradasa compositions everything you hear in the bhagavata saptaham this man has said in his compositions in a very approachable accessible way that a common man can understand so just like malayalam and konjan nambiyar kannada and purandradasa it is worth learning kannada only to savor the amritam that uh, purandradasa has left us and then there purandradasa is the superstar dasa but there are kanaka dasa jagannatha vitala dasa vyasaraya there are so many other great uh, dasas and um, kannada they have vachanas by uh, um, basavanna and akka mahadevi so it's one whole legacy most of which they remain like state secrets you know the kannada except purandradasa few compositions the other dasara uh, padagalu they call it that wealth of those compositions they remain in karnataka and kannadigas they give lectures about the topic in kannada for a kannada audience but i feel it's not a good thing that english has become the only language but for practical purposes because we were ruled by the british for 300 years unfortunately for an indian from one state to converse with an indian in another state english is the most practical way and even for people outside india to reach the great wealth that these great composers have left us so i make it a point to sing a kannada song and explain the meaning when i sing it in kerala or andhra pradesh or tamil nadu similarly i take a tamil um, composition not just papanasa sivan or gopalakrishna parthi were little popular but andal uh, tirpavai or some composition like that and i explain the meaning and sing it in karnataka or andhra pradesh simple but malayalam unfortunately because i have spent most of my life outside kerala my stock of compositions in malayalam is not very high because many composers from kerala like maharaja swathirnal or current people like uh, dr tv gopalakrishnan or tulasi vanam or md ramanathan there are so many composers from kerala also who have not composed in malayalam though they are malayali composers so yeah mostly telugu uh, first telugu because i was with balamurli sir and most of so much work he has done with telugu then kannada then tamil Uh, samskritam of course is uh, always there so this is how my lyrical thing is a very much ongoing process and even today if somebody says that word you sang you sang in vatapikanapatim pajeham is wrong i am ready to correct myself in fact i welcome it when native speakers of each language come and tell me that this is the way to pronounce it uh, you are saying it wrongly because as you know malayalis have a very heavy malayali accent so when i speak english it sounds very obvious that it's a malayali who is speaking but i was very 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 particular that in singing that accent should not come so when i sing telugu or even tagore song in bengali or kannada song or tamil song it doesn't sound like a malayali singing those in fact many people they hear me sing a telugu song and they start to make conversation with me in telugu thinking that i am a telugu native speaker same thing happens with kannada and tamil also so but yeah as i said it's just an ongoing process you put it so beautifully the spark uh, and the difference between art and craft so what attracted you to this art what makes you sing <laughs> uh, 
yeah <laughs> it's really it makes me happy i mean number one is i love music i've always loved music i still love music so i sing uh, why i sing in public is because over the past few years i have discovered that my singing brings pleasure to other people also so especially right now during the pandemic when we had uh, months and months of indefinite lockdown when people are just stuck at home so so many people uh, have sent me mails uh, who discovered my music on youtube just now uh, only because of the pandemic though i have been singing from 1990 uh, may so the more than 30 years i sang with very few people even being aware of my existence and even now <clears throat> i'm i can't say i'm one of those persons whom everyone knows at all but in my own little world uh, the number of people who listen to my music increased drastically after the pandemic began and once i discovered that they enjoyed so much uh, i had not even taken a selfie on my phone till march 2020 but i uh, set up a tripod which a friend had kindly gifted me and uh, started making this what you said now about explaining the lyrics of dev dev kalami or indro mohan paulu all those things i have sat in my own room and recorded on my own phone specifically for youtube till then i had never kind of made a video addressing the public or whoever is a, an unknown listener so yeah so it's a win win situation because singing is something which gives me pleasure uh, basically and it gives my accompanist pleasure it gives my listeners pleasure we these days we need anything i, I wish i was a comedian because i find that uh, laughter brings maximum I mean, probably good food number 1 then laughter number 3 is music in my book <laughs> so at least music i'm happy i can bring them not only pleasure or make people smile but when some people are in a very depressed state or something bad has happened in their life and it brings solace also so I, i've received so many mail I mean, because they are personal things i don't want to talk about that but people have sent me uh, mail saying they were almost on the point of suicide at some juncture in their life and then they had discovered my music they heard something and that kind of helped them uh, continue with life and it's very moving and these are people i don't even know and people i have not even met so it's a blessing to be able to touch the lives of unknown people in a positive way and the lyrics what we sing are all rama krishna you know that kind of uh, spiritual side is also there if you want to look at that wow. to bring joy to others what other gift or blessing can one ask for you did earlier mention about the pressure of being from the same family as maharaja swati tirunal as a performing musician to be from the erstwhile travancore royal family has it been a boon or a bane um, both actually because we have this name that the family is musical but it is not the family which is musical it is it has always been individuals so to the best of my knowledge the musical individual before me was amma maharani who was not my mother's generation not my grandmother's generation but my great grandmother so uh, she passed away in 1983 so the next generation my grandmother was completely not into music uh, so but the public doesn't know that because she would be invited to inaugurate music festivals and you know give an award and make a speech and whatever and she would play the role very nicely but what happened at home only i know <laughs> so <clears throat> that way it was both a boon but amma maharani definitely 
her presence uh, in my life, though it was only during the first 10-15 years. And because of the goodwill uh, that great uh, senior musicians had for her, very, very big musicians have played violin and bradangam for me when I was just starting to sing. Not because my music was so great, but because they felt uh, happy that somebody from Amma Maharani's family was singing. So, yeah, like I, I keep wondering also about musicians whose children take up music when the father is a legendary figure. And maybe Tabla, Zakir Hussain, or uh, in music composing R.D. Burman, there are a few people who have made it so big that they are called by their own name and not just as the son of the famous father. So that pressure I didn't have because I don't have parents or grandparents who are performing musicians. But uh, Amma Maharani's presence is something I continue to be thankful for uh, forever, actually. You have been very liberal in your concerts. You broke a 300-year-old tradition by opening up the Navratri Mandabam in Trivandrum to women. Tell us about how that came across and your thoughts about gender balance in Carnatic music. Yeah, now, uh, see, I don't, um, I never postured as an activist and I don't see myself as an activist either. But this Navratri thing, uh, it was just a logical thing because the Navratri festival itself is for a goddess who is a female. So I could never understand why a festival to honor a female would be a place where females are banned from entering either as a performer or even as listeners. So the female listeners had to sit outside in a place where they don't even see the faces of the musicians who are performing. From the time I was around 16 years old, I used to question this. And it took 22 years to get the rule changed uh, finally. And I'm very, very grateful that it happened. So I don't feel it's like a big deal. But now, of course, we have so many issues where people are fighting. We have Sabarimala and you know, so many things are happening. I'm happy that before Facebook and WhatsApp and social media and random people commenting on that, quietly this thing happened. And Parasala Punamal teacher, whom I had chosen as the first person to sing there, she was also semi-retired and she was giving concerts only in radio at that time. She was already in her 80s and the publicity which she got singing at the Navaratri Mandapam, not only the local publicity, later I uploaded her video on YouTube. That really changed the course of her career. So the last few years, there was no place she had not traveled to. She even went to America and gave 15, 16 concerts. And in Madras once, she gave three concerts in two days. One morning concert, evening concert and next day one more. So she says, even in my prime, I had never given three concerts within two days. And once she gave a concert in Trivandrum for uh, Vinayaka Chaturthi, where she sang Vatapi Ganapati Pajeham as the main song. <laughs> like that, there's one really like one second uh, youth. It is so amazing to see her sparkle during the last year. In fact, but for the pandemic and being locked up at home and not giving concerts and not meeting people, I think she would have lived easily for another, lived and performed for another uh, 10 years probably because she was so, 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 so amazing. So yes, I've always had liberal views for sure, uh, but just liberal, not something like an activist. And your music appetite has also been very liberal. Was it by default or by design? It's by default because my uh, parents used to travel abroad a lot and my father had this wonderful habit those days. Again, this is long before 
audio cassettes were invented he would buy an lp record of the local music from norway and from turkey and from uk wherever he went you know new zealand or africa or any place so i would be curious and i would just listen to him playing these records so i was always used to uh, i liked vocal music more than instrumental because i loved to enjoy the cadences of the language also even without knowing one word so anyway carnatic music itself i didn't know what the hell they were singing about hindi film songs also i didn't know what the hell they were so for me there is no difference between carnatic music or hindi film songs or greek songs or turkish songs they were all music that's all which i enjoyed and all of them was music which i had no idea about the lyrics but hearing uh, vocal music from different countries we get exposed to the voice quality and they have the same vocal cords like us but in carnatic music certain people with a certain kind of voice have dominated so much during the past uh, 60 years that we people have been brainwashed into thinking that for something to be classified as carnatic karnataka shuddham it has to sound a certain way so uh, we have to sing like that to establish ourselves in a in a certain geographical area so i because i was exposed to these beautiful voices i did not want to sing in a way which i found very crude or uh, rough or not polished or whatever so if i sing in a refined way then that doesn't cut it in in certain places but where the power center of carnatic music remains there so to establish in carnatic music field we have to establish ourselves there in which case we have to sing in a certain way that is why balamurli krishna sir was such a great carnatic musician his audience if you attend his concerts in madras or any other place you would find the hall full but those people who attended a balamurli krishna concert you would not find them attending a samangudi concert or sheshagopalan concert <laughs> something like that so while uh, samangudi or uh, sheshagopalan or my generation some musician we would find the same people attending more than one of those concerts while balamurli krishna concert means something else same with bolatti uh, venkateshwarulu who i am very very fond of uh, from andhra great musician i would attend his concerts in madras or where in trivandrum wherever i had a chance and the audience was so uh, little not at all big audience in many of these places then pudukod krishnamurthy another great musician from kerala he was even the principal of kalakshetra after md ramanathan but he was never accepted in the mainstream uh, or from kerala we have uh, ks gopalakrishnan flute though, though it's not a voice but he was so good uh, the way he played flute and he never made it in that uh, circle so for me i am very thankful for the fact that i got inputs by listening to so many different kinds of voices both male and female there's a gentleman you can uh, google him and see his name is thomas questhoff q u a s t h o f so thomas questhoff is a small physically is very small but the things he does with his voice we feel like we don't know anything about voice you know like that so and now because of internet my music is reaching uh, unprejudiced people with an open mind and they are just enjoying uh, what is good rather than comparing it with 
their idea preconceived idea of what carnatic music should sound like you know so now uh, career wise my situation is very 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 uh, good i'm earlier i used to be really frustrated because vantyagarajakriti which i found the meaning of the correct meaning and somebody is saying it like absolutely wrongly and people are listening so the singer doesn't know what it means the listeners don't know when don't know is okay none of, none of us know everything but it's like i don't know i don't care and i don't want to know i'm happy with this and this is what the best music for me so then i used to feel very frustrated during my 20s and 30s and till around 40s but after 40s uh, it's very very good so i don't talk about that's why i made these videos also of devadev kalyami or indro mahar this is quite a recent thing after the pandemic started only earlier i would just sing them correctly and leave it to the listeners to finish oh i have heard devadev kalyami 100 times and they all sing devadev kalyami te so how come this guy is singing devadev kalyami and then te charana buja sevane so the thinking listener would figure out oh okay it's devadev kalyami devadev i am contemplating about te charana buja sevanam doing service to your feet so uh, now only very as you know on youtube i made a few uh, lecture videos explaining the meanings and it, they are not viral videos which have lakhs and lakhs or crores and crores of views it's just hundred few hundreds but the people who have viewed them they have written comments and they have sent me messages also saying you must do more of these it's very very valuable and but yeah voice uh, hearing all these other kinds of voices really 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 helped me discover what a Uh, vast and infinite uh, weapon our voices i mean there's so many things we can do than just sing that typical you know one flavor in carnatic music wow so music from halfway around the world led you to discover and connect to music closer home and you have been rediscovering and unlearning and relearning in your journey as a musician and as a teacher now will we see prince ramavarma the composer it hasn't happened yet and i i don't feel like just sitting okay i want to compose firstly i have a very big name in my family 200 years ago in the form of maharaja swadithirnal so i wouldn't wish to bring him a bad name i say oh my god look at this one guy from swadithirnal's family who was such a great composer and look at the nonsense he is doing so it's a big burden also so and some people they have the desire or the spark or i don't know what drives them but something is there in my case i have been more interested to bring out uh, lesser known compositions by maharaja swadithirnal or kaivara amaranarayana or anamacharya or dikshita any anybody little because otherwise if we just uh, make a graph of uh, 100 singers from the past 50 years or 60 years you take 100 concerts by each of them and see whose compositions are sung see what songs are sung see what ragas are handled we find a very limited kind of same few composers same few compositions in the same few ragas are sung again and again and again and again so and the few composers are mostly uh, who lived at the same time around 200 years ago maharaja swadithirnal tyagaraja dikshitir shama shastri they are in the tamil uh centric carnatic music field they always call them the trinity trinity being tyagaraja dikshitir and uh, shama shastri but if you look at how little shama shastri is represented in concerts even papanasa shivan or gopalakrishna bharati or bharatiya or purandradasa swadithirnal patna subramanayar there are so many other composers 
whose songs are represented much more in the active concert menu so i feel like bringing out more compositions by great composers not only these people but people who lived before them like purandradasa annamacharya sadashiva brahmendra bhadra bhadrachal ramadas who were all uh, before the trinity and swayatrinath and by later composers also himutaya bhagwatar or md ramanathan or currently tv gopalakrishnan sir or even uh, srimusram raja rao mrudang he has made some amazing tilanas even compositions so i feel uh, it's nice to bring a wider menu uh, than just the few people and few ragas uh, based centric uh, trinity swatrinal centric and when we sing with, because i was with balamulakrishna sir i have sung his compositions in his presence and that is an unparalleled feeling to present a composition before the composer himself so same thing i have had the pleasure to do with tv gopalakrishnan sir's compositions md ramanathan unfortunately had passed away but i try and keep him in mind when i sing his composition so because of all this my plate is full because of which i have never even thought of composing but since i love these western notuswarams uh, which dikshitir mostly has composed so the tunes are original western songs uh, scottish and celtic tunes for which dikshitir has given really beautiful lyrics in sanskrit so i have um, done a few of those western notuswarams just for my own pleasure then one or two compositions by maharaja swatrinal where the lyrics were available i have given uh, a tune so that is like only one half not lyrics so in uh, western notuswarams i have given lyrics to existing tunes and swatrinal i have given tunes to existing lyrics <laughs> but i have not yet composed songs uh, because to be called a vagya kara vak is the lyrics and gaya is music so vagya kara the music and lyrics not only should the same person compose but they should come simultaneously it is not like the vagyakara writes a uh, four line thing and then sets it to music later because with balamurlikrishna sir i have seen it live myself it just comes it's a whole package the ragam the talam and the lines they just come at the same time which is why there are very we still talk about swatrinal and tyagaraja because there are not many vagyakaras it's a very very rare breed who compose there are many others who don't have that spark who sit and come. they want to compose but they don't have that spark so they will write some lyrics set it to music and it will be very intelligent but it would be like somebody cooking who don't somebody who doesn't have the talent to cook but they look at a recipe book and they add just the right amount of salt and chili and everything. so everything is good but the ruchi or the the flavor the taste is missing now like that when a person without the spark they try and compose even if it is technically perfect uh, it is more like a craft than like an art so uh, i don't even know whether i have the spark to compose but i have never tried um, it looks like i may not try either thank you for sharing your knowledge prince verma and using your voice literally as a source of joy learning and discovery for many music lovers all around the world thank you my pleasure you were listening to prince rama verma we will be back again with yet another episode of india art review podcast keep supporting us india art review the unique art journalism project from south asia